time, apes, time. Yeah. Recording a new episode. Uh, the uh, new uh, file has started. Deep, 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 moa, deep, 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 moa, deep, 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 moa, deep. Moa, deep. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Synthaholics. Synthaholics, thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today you have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and David Duncan. Hey, Dave. Hey, how's it going, Aaron? Hey, uh, Dave, uh, things are going to start happening here in our chapter reviews of Dune, so things are finally shaking up now. He finally got to that part of the book where he's been, he's been promising us for so long. Not exactly yet, almost. Almost he's- there, so... We are today going to be talking about chapter, I believe, 17 and 18, and uh, we're after the big banquet. So we had the big banquet last uh, last chapter. Lots of people with no names were talking about all sorts of things. And pissing each other off and ready to start stabbing each other and Man, that would have been else. a lot more fun. Like the, 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 man, maybe Frank Herbert should have like beaten George R. R. Martin to the Red Wedding or the Red Dinner or whatever. Like Just everyone started killing right. each other at dinner. It would be great. Sort of like a Hamlet end. You know, yeah, let's thing. do it. So we get we get the little first, um, the collected sayings of Moadib in the beginning of the chapter 17. It says, there is no escape. We pay for the violence of our ancestors. Hmm. That might be true, Dave. Probably. It usually happens that way. Sooner or later. We're, we're visited on the sins of the fathers. So we start off at 2 a.m. Lady Jessica is woken up by a disturbance. In the hallway, and she first thinks it might be the Harkonnens, but is it the Harkonnens? No, it's the drunken swordmaster. It's the next best thing. <laughs> Duncan Idaho, he is drunk as a skunk. Uh, and this he's isn't making... the powerful Duncan Idaho. This is the very low-powered Duncan Idaho, apparently. This is him drunk on spice beer. So, apparently, uh, cinnamon one of the great... beer, cinnamon toast crunched beer. So and I guess it's supposed to be pretty pretty powerful stuff too. If you get drunk on it, so uh, so Jessica goes out to the hallway and she sees uh, Idaho is being kind of propped up by two house guards, and and they're like, "Yo, see what you did? You woke up, Lady Jessica." And so and you know Idaho's drunk, going like, "So I woke the Lady Jessica." And it's what does that sword, matter? My sword was first blooded on Grunman. I don't know what Grumman is. Do you know what Grumman is? Uh, he keeps talking about Grumman. Maybe it's a different planet where he had a battle when he was a wee lad, when he was fighting for the Duke as a child. Yeah, <laughs> a 12 year old. Maybe it's a city on Kaladin. Who knows? It says Grumman was the second planet in the newish star system, third planet being the uh, the pleasure world of Galmont. Uh, 
during the old days of the Imperium. Ah, oh, he didn't go to the Pleasure Planet, man. And, Everyone uh, needs a trip to Risa. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, it says the uh, da, 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 da. it says here House of Trades is involved uh, in this war, uh, the War of Assassins. And Duncan Idaho was uh, his first real experience of mortal combat was took place on that. So it was, that's why he says my my sword was first bloodied on Grumman. So that's Grumman. That's a good place. The, the War of Assassins. It's very close to the Pleasure Planet. He just missed it by like a couple planets. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, so she knows he's drunk. And then, uh, so while they're sitting Shattered there... Shattered Mapes, why don't you go get him some spice coffee? Get more spice. <laughs> Hasn't he had enough spice? <laughs> Jessica? No, I want him to turn into a third stage uh, guild navigator. If you say so, Jessica, I fucking swear. <laughs> so much, so yeah. Yeah, so she wants to get him a cup of coffee. Uh, I'll spike his coffee with Bailey's, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so she's she gets Shadow Mapes to uh run to the kitchen. Uh and she hears her unlaced desert boots slap on the gun at uh, the desert at uh, the stone floor. <laughs> that was just her breast slapping on her still suit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. That's how it goes. Yeah. Um you know, so he's he's just drunk and he's he's starting to sing like just crazy stuff while he's while he's drunk and then he goes um too much spice beer and then he says best ba- damn stuff i ever tasted and he says my, my again he says my sword was first blooded on grum and killed her her kill him for the duke and then uh duncan's like i love this place this is the best thing I've ever had. I will be happy here as long and he as I can have. And he was out with a bunch of out with a bunch of women too. So he was like watching the women. That's what he was saying. So, <laughs> so he's a voyeur, is what we're saying, right? And uh, then we get Doctor Yu shows up, and uh, it's basically he hears the thing and it goes like, "Is this what's tooth going the out? same shade color of Duke Leto's teeth?" Just how does this, does this look the same color as is his this teeth? close enough? Do you think? It's like, what are you asking? I, I, no reason. So, yeah, right. And then, um, so when he's doing that, uh, he, he shows up and basically out of concern, obviously, that what's going on. And uh, this is where he starts saying something that first you think that he's spilling the beans on uh, Dr. Yui. Oh, this is where he goes. He says, so uh, he's giving him the coffee. So Dr. Dr. Yui is giving Duncan Idaho the coffee. He says, now drink this. That's an order. And uh, Idaho jerks himself upright, scowls down at her, and he spoke slowly with a careful, precise enunciation. I do not take orders from a damn Harkonnen spy. And Yui stiffens, like, uh-oh, is he talking about me? And whirls to face Jessica. Her face gone pale, but she was nodding. It all became clear to her, the broken st- uh, stems of meaning that she had seen in the words, uh, uh, words and actions around her in these uh, past few days could, uh, could now be translated. She found herself in the grip of anger almost too great to, uh, con- uh, to contain. It took the most, prof- uh, the most profound of her Bene Gesserit training to quiet her pulse and soothe her breathing. Even uh, then she could feel the blaze flickering. They're always calling on Idaho for surveillance of the ladies. And so she looks at Yui, and Yui kind of like lowers his eyes, and she goes, "You knew this?" she demanded. And then he goes, "I heard rumors, my lady, but I didn't want to add to your burdens." And then she's like, "Howard, <laughs> get super hot here." Do I so, have to? 
So. Yeah, so now we got to get how it uh, threw fur into it. So, so then we get uh, the so Idaho is taken away to sleep off his his drunkenness, and then come uh, he, here, come come here, Duncan Idaho. I'll take you to my bed, and we'll get you slept in. Uh, <laughs> the Fremen ladies do it differently <laughs> than the Kaladin lady. Yeah, I am the one of the most premier escorts uh, in the service. Uh, <laughs> This, this spice beer is making me see through time and space. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. There's so much space in my vagina, you would not believe it, Duncan. So, uh, yeah, so exit Idaho and Dr. Yui, and, and so uh, she, goes to, uh, she goes to her quarters and she basically orders, I want uh, through for how it here immediately. I don't care what he's doing, he comes here now. We get two. Thufer uh, finally shows up after uh, a bit of waiting, and she's just totally waiting for her. And she's then starts grilling Thufer on everything about her being perceived as the Harkonnen spy, as the idea that how do we know that you're not the spy? And they go back and forth between all this. And Thufer. It's amazing. Thufer, as long as Lady Jessica has been around, this seems like the first real candid exchange between each other, and they really go at it quite, quite a bit. And finally, we're in a, Jessica, an Arakan standoff. Yeah, that's right. And finally, uh, she starts uh, using her Bene Gesserit training to slowly get him into this mindset, and where she then finally releases and uses the Bene Gesserit voice to control Thufer. And so he's like, how come how come you don't just kill all the Harkonnens by yourself? Yeah, well, and it's funny because basically, he, right, right, because uh, he keeps on he keeps on saying, you know, I'm I'm the Duke's uh, I'm the Duke's man, and then um, he plugs know, my hole when you're not around. Oh jeez, he says there, uh, and then she says maybe there's no traitor that threats something else. Perhaps it has to do with the Lay's guns. Uh, they're secreting a few Lay's guns with a, a timing mechanisms aimed at the Shield's house. Anyways, they go back and forth, basically with like conspiracies within conspiracies and what could possibly be happening. Um, not realizing they're actually both on the same side. I, I guess they do sort of know that, but also they're kind of cautious with each other, you know. Yeah, going back and forth with this, and then, like I said, she she says something to uh, to Thufur that he grabs his weapon. I believe it's like I don't, it's not a syringe, but it has a poison tipped something. I forgot what it was. That he's going to, uh, he he was going to use it, just thinking like he might have to jump at her and just take her out. It's like a personal assassination po- device yeah, or something darts. like that. Yeah, yeah. But just that she says she does use the sit voice. your ass down, bitch. Yeah, just sit down, and he just he is basically he's rendered completely incapacitated, and he can't say anything other than answer what she you know, throws out at him. So anyways, she uses the voice and, and she gets, um, uh, it's, it's kind of, it surprises, uh, how it, that, you know, she has that power that she has the power to control him. And then, so anyway, so they, they go back and forth and they kind of basically figuring out that, you know, she, she just says, I, whatever you think, I'm just, I'm not the spy or the traitor that you think it is. And, and they, and they even throw out Dr. Yui. Um, but they, you know, Thufer is like, but he has the imperial conditioning. It's not possible. So, it's impossible. He's he's got that uh, diamond thing stuck in his forehead. That makes him perfect. Yeah. Right. So He'll be fine. 
anyways, so uh, so they basically maybe it's kind of clearing the air, but it's also like a power play between the two of this this. It's very intense. I thought this this uh, chap this end of this chapter of her kind of they're both going at it, but else then her using the voice and kind of drilling through for about what's going on. Should I tell him I'm pregnant? Yeah, that's the other thing that she's uh, got the Duke's. Uh, she's uh, pregnant with the Duke's daughter. So I've got the Duke's daughter, who's going to be a crazy psycho. A crazy psycho, and then uh, he says, uh, "You know, uh, Thufir asks, like what you said before, is like, why aren't you destroying the Duke's enemies?" He asks. And he says, "What would you have me destroy?" She asks. "Would you have me uh, making a weakling of our Duke and have him uh, forever lean on me?" But he's like, "Such power! This power is a two-edged sword." Thufir says. And uh, you think how easy it is for her to shape a, a human tool to thrust at enemies of, of vitals, true through for even through your vitals. Uh, yet, what I would, what would I accomplish? Even enough of us Bene Gesserits did this. Would it be uh, make all Bene Gesserit suspects? We don't want that through for we do not uh, wish to destroy ourselves. She nodded. We truly only exist to serve. You know, so that's basically Ben and are very powerful. They just kind of, they kind of hang back and use their power sparingly. Yeah, it's like if the Jedi were smart. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, very much so. It's uh, like if the Jedi weren't all a bunch of retards. Like, I got a laser sword. I'm gonna cut someone in half and kick their arm cut off. Some legs off. I know. It's and like then, it's it's super unclear in the prequel movies. Like, what what are they like pseudo policemen? Because he just like cuts off some guy's arms. Like Jedi business. We're yeah. we're in the we're in the uh, quadriplegic and uh, taking people's limbs away business. Well. Like, I think the I always took the Jedi as uh, they were sort of policemen, but they were like you know, like I don't know, like FBI for the Republic, Old Republic, but they were like pseudo, pseudo like samurai, pseudo uh, ninjas. Yeah, it just wasn't but with super with wizard powers. Yeah, it just wasn't super clear. But the Bene Gesserits are kind of like Jedi, but they just like are super low key about it. They're super powerful, but they're not gonna like show it off. They're just gonna be like, "Yep, we'll just do mm. our thing." In private. Well, after he said that, also he's he uh, he thinks this is she has great power. Yes, but would these not make her even a more formidable tool of the Harkonnen? So, and with great even, power comes great responsibility. Yes, Spider Man, <laughs> but Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, but but no matter what, it's like he's still thinking. Super still thinking that she could still be a tool of the Harkonnens. So, I don't Wouldn't know. this make her even more powerful? But it's just like, yeah, she's had a chance to kill him for forever. Yeah, it just seems yeah, really, really strange. So, Thufir also thinks about uh, how the old Duke was killed by the, the bull. And then he thinks, I am the bull and she is the manador. He thought. And he withdrew his hand from his weapon and glanced at the sweating, uh, glistening on his empty palm. So, he, anyways, he was he's dismissed out of the room. She makes and, him nervous. <laughs> You make me scared. My hand, I've never had my hands sweat so much. Uh, and she whispers to herself after he leaves, says, now we'll see some proper action. But, unfortunately, this is where everything starts going quite wrong. Like for what? Everybody. What could go wrong? So we get to the next chapter here. And we're uh, on Duke Leto, and he is um, out there in his, um, I don't know what you want to call it, like this guard shack. Nah, it's not Shaq. These Shaq, these Shaq has four walls. Okay, they're uh, they're nice, but they're very small. 
like me and my but voice. He, but he gets a um, he gets a mysterious message, and it says a column by uh, smoke by day, a, pure, a pillar of fire by night. So mm, this is obviously... I think this is from the orange is the new black Catholic yeah. Bible of lesbians. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna this, stay in Dirk and I'm not gonna go explore. So this is the, uh, the Israelites being let out of Egypt by the pillar of smoke. So, but it's a cryptic message, and he's like, with no signature, he's like, "What does this mean?" And so, someone. I wonder sl- if Dr. Kynes has anything to do with it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, so yeah, so he gets this this weird note. He doesn't know who sent it to him, and uh, uh, gets a report from Howard that he met with Jessica. And basically, they made a big mistake <laughs> for trying to like think that she was a spy. <laughs> Maybe it's someone not Jessica. And Duke's like, "Yeah, think." It's like, but we only put investigations on Jessica, so everyone else, we don't know who the actual traitor is. Right, right. And then he, uh, so he goes down this passage. Down, he hears uh, he uh, down this great hall, and he goes down this passage, and he hears this mewling. He's like, what is that? And he starts going down. Of course, he's alone. So as all horror movies, you're like, not the best idea. Don't run up the stairs. Don't run up the stairs, Duglito. It'll get you if you run up the stairs. Yeah. So he goes up the. He goes. He goes down this passageway, and he's got his hand on his knife and on his shield belt. But he gets when he gets down there, he sees that it's uh, the smuggler Took, and he is. He's been. Uh, he's been stabbed. You know, shattered maps like stabbing dudes in the back. Right, right. So, well, yeah. So he's he's uh, wet stain uh, down his chest and his eyes staring down in the uh, dark emptiness. And he, uh, Alito touches a stain and it feels it's still warm. So he's like, how could a man be dead here? Who would kill him? So, and then he still hears the mewling down the hall. So he goes further down. And it's that's... Shattered maps. Don't let me die. And she, and she says, Sue! She gasps, killed guards, sent, get, took, escape, my lady, you, you, here, no. And then she flopped forward, head thumped against the stone. I do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Shadow Mape. Is no more. Oh, poor Shannon Mapes. <laughs> we we hardly knew ye. And your Cartman voice. Yeah. And then we get from there, all of a sudden, there's a door to the generator room, and he sees that something's going on in there, and and that he's like, oh my god, something's been ha- something's happened to the generator room, and then he sees uh, Yui come out, and he gets uh, hit with a... Um, Horse tranquilizer. Basically, yeah, he gets a... Uh, a, a dart, tranquilizer dart. This and is stronger than my speed. This <laughs> is yes. stronger than my speed. <laughs> so, yeah, so he gets hit with this tranquilizer dart, and he sees Yui, and Yui has sabotaged the house generators. So now the shields are down, and we're, they're wide open for attack. So, and then he's like, you know, Leto can barely talk because he, uh, he's going into complete uh, paralysis. He can, uh, it, he kind of slumps on the wall. And Yui's like, says the drug is a dart as a sedative, and you can speak, but I advise against it. I know and I should have had more speed. 
<laughs> before I get up. I know, actually, in the beginning of the chapter, it does say that he, was, he hadn't slept in days. He's just still on speed. <laughs> I should have had more speed. <laughs> I mean, come on. This guy needed a nap so bad. <laughs> it's crazy. Yep. So, yeah, so he's he basically like... How, Dr. Yu is giving him his doubters. Yeah, I know, right? Now time to go sleep, Dookie Duke. And so the Duke says, I mean, sorry, not the Duke, but uh, uh, Yui says, I'm sorry, my dear Duke, but there are things which I will make greater demands uh, than this. He uh, he touched the diamond tattoo on his forehead that's meaning his imperial conditioning. I find it very strange myself and override in my periodic conscience, but I wish to kill a man. Yes, I actually wish it, and I will stop at nothing to do it. And he says, and then he looks at the Duke. He says, oh, not you, my dear Duke. The Baron Harkonnen, I wish to kill the Baron. And then, you know, he goes on. He says, you haven't much time. That uh, peg tooth that I put in your mouth after the tumble at Narca, uh, Narcal, that tooth must be replaced. In a moment, I'll render you unconscious, and I'll replace the tooth. And he opens his hand and uh, stares at something in it. It's an exact duplicate. Its core is shaped almost exquisitely like a nerve. It says, it'll escape the usual detectors, uh, even a fast scanning. But if you bite down hard on it and the uh, cover crushes, then you'll expel your uh, breath sharply and fill the air around with a poisonous gas, most deadly. So, so, so I bas- am killing you because I really want you to bite this tooth. Yes, right, exactly. I'm uh, killing you. Kind of. He says, you're dead already, my poor Duke. But you'll get uh, you'll get close to the Baron before you die, and uh, he'll believe uh, you um, stupefied by drugs beyond uh, drugs beyond any dying uh, effort to attack him, and you'll be drugged and tied. But attack at uh, but attack can take strange forms, and you will remember the tooth, the tooth, Duke Leto Atreides. You will remember the tooth. And anyway, so he he replaces the tooth and puts it into uh, Leto's uh, mouth. And Leto's just more and more going numb. And uh, he basically then goes on and says that he, uh, you mustn't refuse. Because in return for a small service, I'm doing you a thing. I will save your son and your woman. Uh, no other can do it. They can be removed to a place where no Harkonnens reach them. And he goes, how can you save them? And then Yui goes on, by making them appear they're dead. By uh, secreting them along uh, people who who draw knives to, at hearing the Harkonnens' names, who hate the Harkonnens so much that they'll burn in a chair in which the Harkonnens had sat and salt the ground in which the Harkonnens walked. So so that's basically, he's promising to get rid, uh, to get uh, to save Paul and Lady Jessica just for exchange for biting the tooth and trying to kill the Baron. Yes, please do this for me, Duke. And then it just ends with, remember the tooth. The tooth. Uh, the tooth fairy. The tooth fairy. You I'll are, put this under your pillow. You are, I'll put the other one under your pillow. You can get it once you come back from the dead. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no, we'll get beginning it. Uh, and then we... I'll we tell Lady Jessica to go get the money from uh, your tooth. <laughs> so what do you think of these two chapters? We finally got the shake-up. Finally, yeah, the trick shows their head. And all of a sudden, I was so surprised that Yui was the was the traitor. I just I had you? no, I had you? no idea. Yeah. How, yeah, how, yeah. How did you? How did how, man? Did you see that coming from a mile? I thought it was be Shadow Mapes for sure. Shadow Mapes. Shadow Mapes. 
Uh, Shadow <laughs> Mapes dies, sadly enough. Uh, I was so the sad sm- to see Shadow Mapes die. The smuggler, we hardly got to know, so we didn't really care much about the smuggler. Uh, I don't know what the smuggler was doing up there anyways. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I think Shadow Mapes is uh, humping him in the, in the hallway, and they both got cut. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she's a very busy escort, let me tell uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> what do you think of these chapters? First of all, you know, it's kind of funny and odd with the Duncan Idaho getting drunk. But um, the exchange between Tufer and Jessica was great. Uh, just really intense. And then her using the voice on him and him just being stunned that he can't, like, apparently he'd never had the voice, the Bene Gesserit voice ever used on him before because he, he was completely taken aback by her power. So for all the years that, you know, the, the Mentat for the Duke and probably ran into numerous Bene Gesserits that this is the first time he's ever experience this the weird uh, the the not the weirding because they have that f- weird fighting the weirding fighting is even crazier um, yeah the weirding one uh, yeah how they can move faster than you can actually see um i, I mean like it's it was cool and that's why it gave me the impression that these people are like the jedi but if they were actually smart about being having these these magical wizard powers because i mean that's just super impressive that like He's been around the whole time, and you know, you know, they're Benny Gesserits, but like, what does that mean? They're just a bunch of weird monk women that yeah, have sex right. for power or whatever. Okay, whatever. They like, they like eugenics, whatever. But they're not hurting anyone that we know of, so whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It just it just it's just a weird thing. They're they're an organization. They have power, but they don't really know what the power is, and they're I guess mostly political power. I guess all their powers is perceived as political. You know, because they're like one of the fa- one of the uh, relatively major faction in the Dune universe, so they've got political power. Yeah. But like, they have this amazing magic Jedi-like power. <laughs> I I picture them sort of like the Illuminati, like they're behind the scenes playing, like pulling strings and stuff like that. But also, they are a bit like the Jedi, and they are very powerful. But they don't. They're not. They don't. Uh, they don't put the power like on the front burner that's like a back thing they they kick in if they ever need to yeah so um where the mentats seem to be more like uh the vulcans well the mentats are mostly like they're there's their their hyperdrives because they need they they got rid of all computers and they still need space travel right so the aren't the the mentats the one that drive drive the ships no, well, no, those are the navigators. The navigators are um the guild navigators and they the guild navigators uh take the spice. Like souped up souped up mentats? They might be souped up mentats, but they've taken the spice so much that they've become completely like mutated. Oh, gotcha. So they're like they're not even they're barely human anymore. Mm. I don't, and I, I'm not really sure about how much they have to do. Like, is this like a long time they do this, or is this like they're bred like that for years and years? They just inject so, spice right into the fetus. It's like you're gonna be a navigator. Sorry, you're a navigator. Sorry, kid. <laughs> they spun the parents spun the dial and for what your but job I was. Sing. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna remove your voice box, so it'll be fine. <laughs> just a flamboyant guild navigator who wanted to sing. No, I'm sorry, you go navigator. You're you're not. Um, not allowed to sing. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I I love that. But it was odd that Thufer was kind of surprised by Jessica's power. 
and then uh, obviously uh, after that was just uh, we finally get Yui takes action. It's like so, eight, 19 chapters in, we were told like chapter one. Mm-hmm. They were told chapter one he was a traitor, and now we're finally getting around to it at chapter 19. Like, like I said up at the beginning, like when we first started doing I think it would have been a lot more surprising or interesting for them to like reveal it to you at the last second. But I mean, Dr. Yui wasn't even in very many of the chapters. No. So yeah. it's like, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, you, I mean, I guess the whole book would have had to have been written a completely different way to make it more of a mystery. I guess he didn't feel like writing a mystery, so he's just like, "This is the traitor. We're just gonna move on with the story." I think it'd be pretty obvious. They'd, he'd have to go at great pains of why Yui would never be a traitor with the imperial conditioning. Yeah. So, and you know, probably have to waste almost a whole chapter on explaining how, you know, what that means. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. probably so. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, it's definitely like really cool to finally see this something you know this shake loose so we action is starting it's it's kind of great yeah exactly action is kicked in and we now know what's going to start happening with duke's um, captured so soon i guess we'll have to have like like uh either i don't i don't i haven't i haven't read ahead so i don't know what's happened zach but i assume we'll either have a harkonnen chapter or we'll have like Oh yeah, uh, the Harkonnens are coming. Or we'll have a um, Lady Jessica and Paul, uh, the showgirls man, uh, run away. Showgirls man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So we'll get into the next two chapters, and like I said, um, we're definitely going to get and it. We're definitely going to get the the Harkonnen, so that'll be it'll be pretty fun. Yeah, stuff's happening. I'm, I'm excited. This is. Uh, it's nice seeing things start kicking the gear. Yeah, it took it took a while for the payoff, and then after that, then it just gets crazier and crazier. So, oh man, I, and I've like watched some videos about like stuff that happens later in Dune. Like Dune sounds insane. I don't know how I haven't been like more indoctrinated into this sooner because it sounds you know, like Dune, it's yeah, like my Dune, kind of crazy. It seems like yeah, Dune is this whole world, but it's been ignored for so long because I think it was just so uh, terribly done over the years i mean i love lynch's dune but it's a not a good movie um it, it's visually beautiful movie and there's some cool parts to it but it's not a well done movie yeah it's not like a um, great movie on its own i mean like it's i mean visually it's the superior vision of dune as oh, far yeah, as the yeah. two versions the other the other one is more successful from a storytelling they do tell the story more faithfully but it's just boring to watch yeah yeah i don't know like i feel like you've got to be like a next level director, producer, team, whatever, mm-hmm. um, to really do Dune justice. And like, wasn't Dune one of David Lynch's like first major films? It wasn't his first. Uh, unfortunately, it was his first giant like. No, that's that's what I mean. Like, that's what I mean. Like first major film, like yeah, major tons of money. Because I think he did, yeah, he did Racerhead first. He did some a lot of smaller like art films before, very very small like short films. Then he did Eraserhead, which is famous, uh, and then he did uh, The Elephant Man, which was a pretty big movie at the time. And then all of a sudden they just say, "Do Dune," <laughs> yeah, and he, and he was like, uh, "Okay," and. You know, I think at the time too is we've talked about this in the episode before, but he was offered to do Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and he basically told George Lucas, "Is if I do this movie, it's going to be my movie, and it won't be anything like you think it's going to be." <laughs> I kind of want to see that, though. I would love to see an alternate universe where 
<laughs> Lynch did Return of the Jedi. And, and and that same alternate universe, Aaron Gray is Janeway in Voyager. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so by that time, because Dune did not do well in the box office, and a lot of people were just like, what the fuck is this crazy shit? Um, so it wasn't as popular. So, yeah. And the thing um, is, like... Things don't even start to get crazy until, like, the next book, I think. Like, I think, I mean, from what I understand, like, from from the little bit of looking ahead I've been doing, like, trying to learn more about Dune as it's taking me entirely too long to go through these books. Um, I mean, I'm also trying to stay semi-current with what we're talking about, but I'm also trying to look ahead and see, like, what, what why Dune has gotten so popular over the years. And, like, it's it, there's some really crazy stuff that's going to happen later in Dune. I'm just like, how has this been ignored? How, how yeah. come they haven't done this? And and just from like going through this book, it just feels like that Dune is too subtle of a book to be put into a movie unless you've got a masterful, super talented team to like make it work. Because yeah. I don't know much about the team for the new movie. I don't remember who, the director or who what they've done before. I really hope that they've. Really oh, he did. Uh, he did the the new Blade Runner. Blade Runner twenty seventy seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2047. Right. Um, I didn't see that, so I don't know how, how that was. Well, a lot Did of people loved it. it. I didn't see it either just because, honestly, um, I love the original Blade Runner, and I just kind of felt like it was going to let me give me a letdown. Well, I think I, but I heard a lot of good things about it. I watched, it. like, the first 30 minutes of it, and, like, nothing happened, so I kind of, like, turned it off. I was like, uh, I'm not worried. I'm not going to. I think I think it's a movie you have to, like, sit there and watch. And watch it hard. And I was at work, and like almost nothing happened. Like the first thirty minutes, like well, it's a long movie, and I was like, okay, well, I probably shouldn't watch this. So I probably need to like set some time apart and try to watch uh, that movie. Um, but I just really hope they have a because it seems like there's excitement in the book, and like the like you said, the dinner scene, like there's some like tense stuff. But I, I don't for whatever reason, it hasn't translated as well to the screen. So like they're either right. shooting it right. too literally. Or they're not being creative enough with it to, to build the excitement where it needs to be built. I, right. it's, it's something like, I don't know. Or it just needs to be done into a series. because It would be a great series, especially like an HBO series or a Showtime series. It would be great if they had that kind of... Because, um, I mean, it sounds like it's like as huge like the foundation. Like the foundation spans like thousands of years. And it sounds like Dune also spans thousands of years. So I don't know how you could do it well in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially mm-hmm. since like... If you want to do sequels, I mean, you have to do them real fast because, you know, from from what I understand, Paul's son, Leto II, looks exactly like Duke Leto. Mm-hmm. So they probably need the same actor. So they so if they wanted to, like, do a series, they probably need to cast a younger actor to play Duke Leto and then de-age him. Or, like, just you know, put old age makeup on him for the film. And he doesn't even have to be that old because Duke's only, I mean, Paul's only 15. You know what yeah, I mean? So I mean, right, like, right. but I mean, like, but they they still might need to age up a little bit with makeup for the movie so that they can have him like look younger or however he's supposed to look in, you know, the movie before he turns into a worm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so you know, like I don't, I don't know. It, it's it's just I don't know. I I, I just feel like it's, it sounds like an amazing series, and I just I just I'm sad that like no one's been able to adapt it. I I just I don't I don't know if movies the right way. I think. It's cool because like all these books that are now finally maybe going to get adapted or or and who knows how well or it's going to happen. You know, we don't even know how good or bad this movie might be, but all these stuff that are going to be turned into either you know series, like you're saying, like you're looking forward to the Wheel of Time series. There's no way that could be done in a movie. It's 15 books long, and all the well, books the are same 
huge. And the same thing with uh, Isaac Asimov's The Foundation. It's it doesn't just takes place in uh, like a a vast amount of books. It also takes place like throughout time, like eons pass. So it's not like an easy like you're going to take characters and like repeat them all the time. You're going to get a lot of the like new sets of characters, new situations for the Foundation series. Same it's thing with Dune. Yeah, no, it's a fascinating series, but yeah. I don't think you could do it easily. Yeah, I, I, movies is just the wrong format for a lot of things, and I think that's why a lot of when they change books in the movies, it's just the wrong format. Yeah. Like unless they're like a short story, because you know when you make a two-hour movie out of a 300-page book, you're still missing, like, half the book. So, right. obviously, film, like, a, a movie is the wrong format. Like, movies should be, like, like short stories expanded, or, like, a short story done, like, word for word, you know, whatever, you know. I just feel like it's it's not, like, they're not big enough. Yeah, and the thing that I liked about Lynch, but some people don't like about Lynch's movie, is that they kind of give, like, internal dialogue of the characters. They kind of have, like, the whispering thoughts going on with him. Yeah. And that is helpful because there's a lot of thoughts that are coming on in the book that we obviously you read and you know what's happening, but you're just like, uh, if if it's all verbal, you would know what the person's thinking. Well, that's one thing I'm super concerned about with Wheel of Time because those are giant novels, like, but half of it's like in, freaking inner inner dialogue, right? Like there's so, so you, much inner dialogue in those in those books, right? Exactly. Just just like Dune. I mean, so I mean, I don't. I mean, like I, I feel like you kind of have to, or you got to like write really cleverly around it as a screenwriter to to make it you know work. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I felt I thought the the mental stuff was great, and <laughs> too. And yeah, no. I, I thought I thought it helped. No, a lot of people didn't like it for some reason. I don't know why. I thought it, I thought it was perfect, perfectly done for that movie. Okay. Um, there's a lot of other problems with that movie, <laughs> but that's that's for another time. And we talk about that too. Actually, we talk about it way back in episode like 170 something. Yeah, so. we did do years and years ago, like three years ago or more. Yeah. It's been a while. It's a great episode too. You should watch. Uh, listen to that. Oh yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, um, enjoying it, and I can't wait to see uh, see more what's going on with this, and reread a lot of this stuff, and and break it all down. So Absolutely. good stuff. Well, guys, uh, thanks so much for listening. And uh, if you have different thoughts, if you have different uh, information, something we missed, something we mispronounced or anything please let us know you can email us uh, at our uh, email at uh, syntholics at yahoo.com you can hit us up at facebook facebook forward slash groups forward slash syntholics and uh, join us there you can tweet at us at uh, our twitter handle is syntholic duo and if this show is something you'd like to support please go to our patreon patreon forward slash syntholics and there you can support us and you know uh, we also have our youtube channel we don't get as many views on that but every once in a while we do yeah we, yeah we, we get some we get more of the youtube comments for uh, uh dune but we did get one for our last i mean most of them have been for um expanse we did get one for our last dune episode someone cool. just said like love love the show so thank you for uh thank commenting you. Thank for that comment yeah Awesome, guys. Well, uh, until next week. Oh, and we are getting into uh, Star Trek Lower Decks next. So we're going to take our break from uh, The Expanse, sadly enough, and get through ten uh, episodes of Lower Decks. Lower Decks, and then switching back to The Expanse because it's such a great show. Cannot it wait is. to get back, get back to it because uh, it's, it's been fun rewatching it because I've seen the entire Expanse and just 
getting to see it again is really good because you pick up on new things and it's, it's just it's just great TV. It is for certain. Well, guys, until then, uh, the spice must flow. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in a sink. And we'll cry till we laugh. And we'll both shit our pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had. Flow it hard. <laughs> Break your teeth. Cool, man. Cuckoo. I have to see that again. It's no, been not. years. Oh, man. It was such a good premise. It was a good show at first. Yeah. John Reese davies left because he said the uh, writing got subpar. He does not know what subpar is because it got so much worse after he left. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it got really bad. And a lot of the people started dropping off. It was pretty bad. Oh, man. And then the main guy from Sliders, he was in Piranha's 3D, and he got his dick bitten off. So, you know. (laughs) Oh, poor. (laughs) Oh, my God. Poor guy. (laughs) That's what happens when you swim in the Amazon. Oh, yeah, you know. That's what happens. Things, things. It was, it was like a spring break movie. It was like it was weird. Actually, Christopher Lloyd was in that too. Was he? Yeah, Piranha's 3D. That's awful. Yeah, poor guy. It was not a very good movie. That's funny. It was another movie kind of watch with the boobs because that's all that. That's the only thing worth watching for. <laughs> and there's like lots of killer, lots of killer. Um, oh, and seeing the guy from Sliders get his dick bitten off was kind of amusing. But uh, I feel bad for Christopher Lloyd being in that movie. <gasps> He's like, I, I started all these giant movies, and now I'm in this. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm in this sad abomination of a yeah. film. Christopher Lloyd, especially in like the 80s, was in like a zillion movies. So much stuff, yeah. Yeah, he was in a lot. And actually, what, 90s when he did The Addams Family, when he did uh, Uncle Fester? Mm-hmm. He was great, Uncle Fester. Yeah, yeah, he did good. He, he was really good at. It. That's a great movie. The first one is. I don't know about the rest of them. I don't think I've seen them all the way through. Oh wow! 